As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals, number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how do you use technology to leverage your operations? That's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Welcome to Episode 8, Season 7 of the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This episode, we are happy to have Bryden Shang, who is the founder and CEO of Aquabyte.ai. Welcome to the show, Bryden. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. He is also on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Aquabyte's mission is to feed the world through sustainable fish production. So thank you again for being on the show, Bryden. Let's get this started with some questions and starting with how did you get into the industry? Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't have any background in fish or fish farming. Uh, my, my family's not in the industry. I come from it more from a technology background. Um, in, in a previous life, I was a trader on Wall Street. I started a couple tech companies. Uh, I had a company that was doing computer vision for cancer detection, uh, but really became interested in fish farming actually through a friend of mine and learning about the impact of the industry on food production being the fastest sector, growing sector of food production and uh, seeing the enormous impact it could have, um, you know, with technology applied to aquaculture. Start off, I'm in, I'm in San Francisco, California, uh, by visiting farms in the area and other places in the U.S. Uh, but six years ago, came to Norway, of all places, to learn and work in the salmon industry there and you know ever since have been going between us and norway wow it's always good to have like new blood in the industry it's such an old industry but new at the same time that hasn't gotten traction but with aquaculture technology that has really been changing so maybe you can tell our audience how does your aquaculture technology address sustainability and environmental concerns in the industry so for those who aren't aware of Aquabyte, uh, the, the company uh, is focused on helping farmers produce more sustainably and efficiently through technology, uh, specifically uh, through a camera underwater, um, which you know analyzes the fish, uh, taking pictures of it, combined with computer vision, can understand things like the weight of the fish, the growth of the fish, the health. Um, which makes farmers uh, help make critical decisions, how much to treat the fish, how much to feed, when to harvest. And, and these are things which are, you know, un otherwise, you know, 
practically uh, impossible to do. Just the, you know, the fish being underneath the surface. How do you understand? Uh, yeah, and having data about the fish. Um, so we're providing that data, uh, helping the farmers make better and better decisions, which uh, yeah, ultimately is helping farmers be more profitable, but also more sustainable. It's amazing when people talk about aquaculture technology. Now, I always say that before we say um, cash is king, which is probably still the case, but it's now the same for data. It's very much the queen now. <laughs> which leads me to my second question. What are the key innovations and technological advancements that set your aquaculture company apart from traditional methods other than what you already just mentioned? I think uh, so. I, I think some of the fundamentally enabling technologies. So the fish should be, is underwater, so it's not easy to observe it. And so, uh, it, for for one thing, you know, there have been underwater cameras, but certainly the technology to take an image and to analyze it. Uh, in our case, uh, you know, weigh the fish, count the sea lice, uh, measure the welfare. Um, th this is based on uh, deep neural networks that have been created um, basically in the in the in the last decade uh, by by other industries. The the same algorithms that Tesla uses to detect cars on the road were applying underwater to detect fish. And so five years ago, I think the conversation was, uh, yeah, does this data? Can you even create the data? Is it accurate? Um, I think you know, fast forward five years, where we are now. Uh, now. The, the data exists, it is accurate, farmers have tried it out, now it's like, what, what can you do with it? I really like that idea that when you were talking about the difference between five years ago and now, it's such a world of difference. So are you doing this for fin fish or any kind of fish? We, we've started uh, with a focus on s salmon and trout. Have you, have you tried it with other species like shellfish because the clam that we're um, harvesting is burrowing under the sand? Do you think that can be applicable? I, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, whether it's a, you know, salmon in Norway or in another country or a trout or other types of finfish or even, as you mentioned, uh, other types of aquaculture, I think fundamentally the same challenges of estimating your Biomass, uh, keeping uh, you know the fish healthy. I I, th I think these are universal challenges and can be solved in similar ways. So you know, ab absolutely. So when are you flying to Canada? I'll fly you out. <laughs> uh, I, I was in Canada, uh, yeah, earlier in the year. Um, oh, so, we're in. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I I mean as you. Yeah, aquaculture is uh, global, so I, you know, you got to be in all the all the countries and and be where the farms are at. Sounds good. Well, I have another conversation with you because I literally wanted to bring it to our grow out site, so that would be fun. So my next question is: How do you plan to scale your aquaculture technology globally and ensure accessibility to regions that could benefit from it the most? I think for us, it was being able to prove out the technology in a single market and make sure that farmers are getting value out of it. In our case, that was starting with uh, Norwegian salmon farms, uh, making sure that the fish there, uh, you know, were healthy. So uh, we count sea lice, which is uh, regulated by law there. We uh, determine the weight uh, of the fish and weight distribution. We 
measure the welfare of the fish, which generally relates to sustainability and quality. Uh, and these are things that, again, we, we could have started, you know, with a different species of fish or a different uh, country. But the idea being that, you know, once you solve it for a Norwegian salmon farm, you can have it for, you know, a farm in Chile, you can have it for a farm in Canada, uh, you can do it for other species of fish. And and that's to say that, um, you, you know, all, all of this expansion actually started even when we were in the pandemic, when we couldn't visit farms. And for us, the ability to make the technology robust enough where, you know, we could ship it, the farmer could set it up themselves, uh, allowed us to expand uh, even when we couldn't physically go there. And so I think in terms of accessibility, making sure that the tech is robust enough such that then we can have it in places all over the world. Which actually really leads me to my next question, because you alluded to it, wherein you go and make it applicable to other geographical location or other species. So how do you plan to collaborate with other stakeholders, such as governments, research institutions, and traditional agriculture players to drive the widespread adoption of the technology? I think that certainly, um, you know, we, we start with the farmer, which is, you know, the yeah, they're, they're, they're the ones growing the fish and really important stakeholders. And, 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 and certainly, I mean, ultimately, as the industry as a whole, really, the, the goal is, you know, creating healthy fish and how to grow them in the best possible way. And certainly that, as you allude to, kind of is other stakeholders. So, for example, um, working with, uh, you know, the food safety authorities in Norway to get the system such that the farmers can use it to fulfill requirements of monitoring sea lice. Right now, uh, but before the technology, they had to do it by hand, net 10 or 20 fish. Um, it was labor intensive. It's also not good for the fish. You know, going through a process with that government, we are the first to be approved by the food safety authorities there. If you use the technology, then you don't need to manually handle and it fulfills that regulatory requirement. We also see that, you know, working with, you know, other industry stakeholders, research institutions, uh, you know, in, in Norway and Chile that we've worked with where the data we're providing, of course, useful to the farmer, also also useful for furthering the state of the industry in terms of uh, research and, and kind of our knowledge about fish welfare and fish health. I'd also say just the industry in general, there have been initiatives to promote uh, innovation and digital transformation and, and certainly you know, leading that and being a part of that is, is, is really important such that, you know, of, of course, Aquavite being an important stakeholder, but other uh, industry players and farmers are kind of understanding how do you actually use this uh, technology and practice to get value. And, and so certainly I think that's, you know, all within the industry. And then I'd say more, more broadly. Probably speaking, you know, towards the in investors and, you know, me, me being in California here, um, certainly from promoting that, uh, you know, aquaculture is a sustainable food source. There are technologies that are helping, you know, aquaculture uh, develop and, and that um, th this is being recognized. So to, just to give one example, um, you know, one of our investors in the last round was the Nature Conservancy, you, you know, the largest environmental nonprofit and, and just showing that, you know, um, I, I think that's another stakeholder for us is kind of more broadly, you know, within kind of the, the venture investing world, like to say that, okay, aquaculture is here and, and this is a great opportunity. 
I really love when you say that because I think it gives a holistic view of who else is benefiting from not just the technology, but the value that you guys are providing in terms of um, the production for food that, as we all know, we're going to run into a lot of problems because of the shortage when the population grows higher from what it already is. So my last question to you is agriculture often faces challenges related to disease management and biosecurity. And you talked a little bit about this, but maybe expand more on how does your technology in Aquabite address these concerns and ensure the health and well-being of aquatic species in your farming systems? So I'll talk about it in general, and then I'll give you a couple examples. So I think the notion of being able to measure and manage is really important here uh, by understanding, for example, your sea lice infestation or understanding the incidence of the wounds and how that's developing over time is really important to figure out then what is the right treatment in response. Um, it's, it's, it's very different to have uh, an infestation that, you know, is developing rapidly and to see that and to make a quick intervention than to see it kind of uh, stay at the same level and be contained. And so, for us, providing that real-time data to farmers such that they can dif differentiate between the different, uh, what's happening between like under the surface with the fish and making the right treatment and response is both, you know, good good for the farmer and also good for the fish, reduces the handling, makes sure they're, they're healthy. Um, I, I, I'd also say that, uh, just to give you an example, like we've had cases where, um, you know, the farmer would have treated the fish that this would have been a very expensive treatment, you know, even on the order of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And by actually seeing the, the, the data, they were able to decide not to treat the fish, um, which actually, you know, saved them a lot of money, but also, again, was good for the fish in terms of, you, you know, avoiding excess handling. It's also allowing the farmer to make better decisions if they see the fish is, you know, more and more unhealthy, and then it makes sense to perhaps... Uh, harvest the fish early, they can also make that better decision. But I think it ultimately comes back to the data and, and, and operating with the best information. And for us, uh, it's, you know, I mentioned now the data is here, how do farmers get value out of it? You know, data is only as valuable as putting it into practice. And so certainly I've talked a lot about the technology, but equally as important is the people side of it. And, you know, working with the farmers, understanding how they're using it, you know, what were their pain points? And then working with the farmers to develop a system that they actually use and get value out of it and also train them on, you know, the, the next version of their job is not necessarily going to be out in the field and handling the fish, but actually, you know, looking at the data, making, you know, these types of um, decisions. And so uh, just, just to say that, I mean, even though the technology is here, we, we still have a ways to go in terms of actually getting use and value and that is you know both the technology but also the people side and and also being close to the industry to understand exactly how the farmers are using it and that's one thing that i think is very important you mentioned about it's the people behind the technology i was sharing in the aqua farm conference last week in terms of being a renaissance farmer nowadays it's not only having high income high impact but having the high the better insight and with data you can do that and specifically love what you mentioned about measuring and managing because you don't necessarily just be high tech everybody needs to have the community to be high touch as well so i think that was my biggest 
take away from our episode, Brydon, is when you're talking about measuring and managing. So thank you again for being on the show. How can they get in touch with you? I am available on LinkedIn if you want to reach out. Uh, definitely check us out on our website. I, I will say that we had a, a an episode with the CTO of Amazon coming to visit us in Norway, and there was a you know twenty minute episode that you can check out on YouTube. That's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, ha- happy to keep in touch. Sounds great. Thanks, Brighton. Please remember to review the show and see you next week. Remember, you help build a home in the Philippines every time you launch an episode on the podcast. Thanks again, Brighton, and thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues, and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture. <music>